It's the morning show that no one knows and no one is talking about. I said no one is talking about, but if they did, they'd probably say it's the best way to start today with Rach and Dave. Good morning. Top of the morning. Good morning. Hello. It's Tuesday. I'm wearing a vest. Wearing a blue vest on a Tuesday. Good morning. Uh, you're watching the Start Today Morning Show. My name is Dave. I'm wearing my Stronger Better hat. Thanks for being here. Uh, I just wanted to say, I hope you're having a nice Tuesday morning. Good morning and thank you for joining us on the uh, morning show that literally no one, and I mean no one, is talking about. My name is Dave. I am here in the hallowed studios of the Start Today Morning Show and Rachel Hollis is home, but is sleeping. Uh, so uh, I just want to say, number one, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my goodness, so much uh, thank you to every single human being who was uh, supportive in any way, whether it was through thoughts and prayers, through actually purchasing something that was on the old QVC. You got her home last night, so bless that. Uh, she rolled into the house a little after 11 p.m., and... Dang it. Uh, it was nice to see her, though, I will admit, I was long asleep because I don't stay up until 11 p.m. any longer. Uh, but she is getting sleep in real time. So thank you for getting my wife home. I am super, super excited about that. Uh, if you were unfamiliar with the dumpster fire that is now popped up into your social feed, this is the Star Today Morning Show. We are a community of people who come together every single weekday morning and we do not look the same, we don't act the same, we don't vote the same, we don't love the same, we don't think the same. But because of those differences, darn it, we are doing life together. And in doing life together, we are hopefully learning a little bit from each other and those differences in a way that makes us better human beings. We are finishing the year together in a community challenge called The Last 90 Days where we have decided to finish this darn year in the way that most people choose to start it. We only got 15 days left. What the heck? Maybe even 14 days left. Unbelievable. We have two weeks left in 2019. We have two weeks left in this decade. So uh, congratulations on having persevered, pushed through so much of this challenge so far. Let's not end without finishing strong. Uh, this is the part of the challenge where we, uh, we've trained for this. We have trained to get to this place, this December 17th place, this eight days before Christmas place, this two weeks before the end of the year place, so that we can finish strong and hit January 1st on fire. Do y'all realize there's a new decade? We're hitting the 20s. We're hitting the 20s in just like 2.6 seconds. It's unbelievable. Uh, if you are unfamiliar, every single week of this last 90 days challenge, we have picked a different theme. And this week's theme is the theme of persistence. The theme of persistence. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about persistence through the lens of someone who as a pragmatist actually didn't advocate for persistence sometimes in my life. Let me explain. Uh, I, uh, in my book, I'm gonna read a little bit out of my book. I wrote a book, it's called Get Out of Your Own Way. Love this book. 
Uh, man, that sounded vain, but I think it's great. I'm excited for it to come out in March. Uh, I wrote a chapter of this book entitled, It's My Job to Protect Them from Problems, right? It's My Job to Protect Them from Problems was a way that my brain had convinced me that I could maintain happiness in the lives of the people that I love and, and want to have feel of at all times. And so I, in embracing this mentality of problem prevention, was an advocate more often for not persevering in the face of obstacles, but avoiding obstacles altogether. And in this chapter in particular, I dive into the conversation of obstacle avoidance in the conversation around our adoption journey, right? If you are someone who is not familiar with the fact that we have had an adoption journey, we have had an adoption journey. Uh, we had a journey that started in international adoption where we believed that we were adopting a baby from Ethiopia until after a year and a half's worth of time, a lot of paperwork and some heartbreak, that was a door that was closed. After that, we decided that we were gonna roll into our local community where we knew that need existed and we became unwitting foster parents. We were told uh, on the last day of a long class to become certified to be adoptive parents in the county of Los Angeles that a prerequisite to being adoptive parents was fostering first, a thing that we did not know if we had in our bones to do well, because we already had three kids, because we had these jobs, because, because, because. And yet we found ourselves rolling into foster care as a thing that ended up introducing us to a whole set of stuff that would require perseverance on a level we had never, ever seen before. And it was in that, in that environment where it's brokenness built on the back of tragedy, this like world that exists where kids who've not been able to stay with their biological parents are looking for somewhere to go, that it was us choosing perseverance in the face of every single other thing that might have otherwise said, run, right? Like the fight or flight mechanisms that happen in your brain, man, they were just like, they were flashing in a way that said, get out of this place. And every instinct I had as an obstacle avoidance human said, let's avoid these obstacles. This is not for us. This is something that is unnecessarily introducing problems. And now I can hear her crying in the hallway, right? I am the father of a daughter who is the light of uh, so many big, unbelievably great parts of my life because of a willingness to persevere through and push past something that was willingly introducing uncertainty and heartbreak and sadness and tests to our family on an every single day basis. And the reality is either you can choose to persevere through things that are probably on the surface, not the kind of things that you might normally want to bite into because of the possibility of them introducing challenge, or you can do it and reap the benefits of having persevered, of being persistent through the conditions that most people will not. <clears throat> I'm going to read a little bit about this chapter of our life. 
if you are unfamiliar, when we said yes to foster care, we had a couple of girls come into our life in April of 2016 that we knew were temporary placements. We knew we'd have them for a few months worth of time. We knew that as their parents rehabilitated themselves, we would have them come back to them. It was temporary. But in July, we got a phone call about the adoptability of twin girls who had been abandoned at the hospital. And the, the call was, hey, if you are interested in adopting these girls, this is fast track adoption. They've been left at the hospital. They've been left now for four days. And on the fifth day, if you are not interested, we have to separate these five day old girls. It's time for you to make the choice of a lifetime. And oh, in a 20 minute time frame, hey, you got to make this choice in 20 minutes. Have a great day, buddy. Do good on that test. You're going to be awesome. Go get it. Oh my goodness. You got the hood on as it should be. It's freezing outside. In the face of a 20-minute choice, a 20-minute decision, you got 20 minutes to make this choice to come down and pick these two girls up. We had to decide if in our adoption journey, perseverance was going to continue to be a part of our journey. The first month was a blur. Sleep didn't really exist, and if it did, it happened during strange hours in unconventional places that never synced with anyone else's. It was exhausting and hard and the happiest I think I've ever seen my wife. Our family was complete, our adoption journey done, these babies that we picked up at the hospital and named and sleplessly kept alive for a month were thriving. We were starting to get into a rhythm. Our chaos was slowly turning to normalcy. They were ours, we were us, it was good. And then it wasn't. We got a call about five weeks in telling us that the outreach that fateful Thursday afternoon, the call that had represented the adoptability of these babies and had given us 20 minutes to decide, it turned out to have been a misrepresentation. A story. A thing that a desperate emergency social worker had said, thinking it was a likely scenario that would play out, not knowing there was a biological family petitioning the courts in the background for custody. Custody of our daughters. Well... Our daughters is a misnomer. They weren't ours. They never were. I thought the call in July was the one that would change our lives. In truth, the call in July was the disruption that we chose. The call in August was the disruption that chose us. The next few weeks were brutal. We were given the breakdown of how a judge would hear the case, how things usually go in these proceedings, how the twins would likely be returned to their biological parents. And that light started flashing again. Flight, flight, flight. Protect Rachel, protect your boys, protect yourself, protect your broken hearts. I was numb. Rachel was gutted. I'm going to jump down just for a second. The aftermath of the twins leaving wasn't pretty. Our boys watched as we modeled true sadness. Rachel and I were in the bottom of a trench, clinging to each other, just trying to survive. It didn't feel like it in real time, but it took the hardest thing we'd ever been through to see how strong we could be really doing it, made those thoughts of how strong and resilient we could be look small compared to what I believe today on the other side. Our boys, they were having their metal tested as well. Resiliency wasn't a trait they'd been formally introduced to. It was something we hadn't really given much thought of exposing them to. I can see now I'd actually gone out of my way to make sure that they didn't ever find themselves in situations 
where they'd have to be really resilient. Our faith? Tested. Really tested. In fact, only when we found ourselves throwing our hands in the air asking why it felt like we'd been led to a place only to be left were we able to truly understand faith. It's easy to believe when things are going well. Believing when they're going terribly wrong, that was something that we'd never truly been forced to do. <clears throat> I'm going to save the rest, but the point of the story and the reason why I include it in this book, we end up at obviously a happy ending. We end up with Noah. We get tea time on Mondays. We have a daughter. We have a daughter that was the product of perseverance. It was a product of resilience. It was a product of continuing to get back up and get back up and get back up when it seemed like the hardest decision in the entire world. And what I didn't appreciate as much as yet we're talking about this idea of perseverance and this idea of resilience and this idea of deciding to keep going and be stronger. This decision to do so is one that you have to actively make in the face of it feeling like there isn't something in this for you because you may not find the answer of why you are being afforded the opportunity to persevere through this hard thing until you're all the way on the other side of it. I can look back at 2000, I can look back at 2016, it makes me want to cry a little bit, and I, dang it, I do not want to live through the pain. I do not want to live through the heartbreak and the disappointment and the feeling of frustration and sadness. I don't want to do any of that again. But I can tell you right now that our decision to persevere through the hardest thing, the decision for me to avoid the usual behavior that I'd had in this family of trying to keep them from problems, of trying to keep them from feeling tested, to try and keep them from having to feel the hardship of persevering through hard things. I'm sitting here today because of the evidence of the fruit that came in choosing to continue pushing forward. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know why it's happening. And I'm sure there are plenty of you who have stories like, look, this isn't fair. Yep, I relate. I, I appreciate that there are unfair things that are happening and the choice to persevere, the choice to continue pushing through even and especially on the days when it feels the hardest is that the fruit of your perseverance is a thing that comes just after the dark turns to dawn. It's the thing that comes just after you finally come out of something you didn't think would ever go away, right? Like we are, I, I, I recorded coaching yesterday and I spent the life coaching session, February session, is all about the identity that we uh, embrace. It's the identity that we take on. And there are things in our lives that we have anchored ourselves to, experiences, central experiences in our lives that we have anchored ourselves to that are either getting positive attribution or negative attribution, right? Right? 
I don't want to have to live through 2016 again, but I have found a way to assign positive, positive attribution for the valley we found ourselves in. I don't want to live through 2018 again. Some of the disruptive identity challenges to leaving what I knew for what I needed, leading this team, doing this work with Rachel, changing my identity from corporate to this guy. Gosh, it was disorienting. But I'm grateful for the fruit that came from it because persevering through it is what's created a new set of muscles. It's, it's because of that struggle that growth was a possibility and perseverance is the requirement. It's the main ingredient in making it through the struggle so you can get to the fruit. You don't deserve the thing that happened, right? You, it, you don't deserve the thing that happened, but it happened. And so now deciding how you assign value, either positive or negative, is a choice that you, you have to make. And it's, man, easier said than done. It's easier said than done. Choosing to persevere and be persistent in the face of the headwinds of life, it's a choice. Because sometimes, especially in the middle of it, it's hard to see, right? It's hard to see what you're going to get out of this thing. When we were standing in our backyard after the twins left, the decision to continue to move forward was a thing that I became a champion of in the midst of this journey of ours, this adoption journey being something that Rachel had led, right? Rachel had been the, the person who said, hey, let's go do this. Let's, let's do this. I think this is a good idea. I think it's a, let's, and I was like, yep, I'm in, I'm in. And when we, when we decided to move forward, we had to ask ourselves if the thing that we were there for had changed, even though the conditions of making that thing happen were harder than we thought. The idea of pulling ourselves up and going back to normal lives was hard to wrap our heads around. It didn't feel possible. But a couple weeks after the twins left, we found ourselves out in the backyard, stuck in the conversation we'd been in since the day they left. How do we move forward? Rachel had been the driver of the conversation around adoption up until that point, but our roles now had shifted. And I said something so uncharacteristic of me and a lifetime of wanting to prevent us from experiencing pain. I said that we needed to keep going in the pursuit of a daughter because our desire for a daughter didn't go away just because it got hard. Your interest in an exceptional life is a constant. It does not go away when the conditions of life introduce variables that seem unmanageable. There is a guarantee in this world, and that is that struggle exists as much for me as it does for every single human being who is watching this. And what you have to stay anchored to, how you will activate your persistence, is by having clarity on the desire that you have not being a thing that can be shaken by short term circumstances because life will throw them your way to see if you are serious about the thing you suggest you want. Our desire for a daughter didn't go away when it got hard. And I don't know what your thing is that right now you are questioning whether or not you should give up. 
but you feel that call, you feel that want, you feel the interest in unlocking that thing that's been gifted to you, it's going to be hard as you decide to pursue something that actually matters. It's going to be hard to do something. And in the face of those short-term circumstances, your decision, it is a choice that you will have to make, especially on the days when the headwinds are blowing as hard as they inevitably will to decide to get back up and keep going. We all are going to struggle. You are going to struggle. And I think for us, in the midst of that, the hardest season we'd ever been through, the decision to get back up and push back through and continue that journey was a reflection of us staying connected to our North Star, that our desire for a daughter existed from the first day to the last, and that the road that we took to stay connected to that North Star was for us. I will, for the rest of my entire life, be interested in supporting anything in any way that supports foster care. I will, for the rest of my life, try to do good work because there are two girls that I thought were going to be a part of my family for the rest of time that I will forever and ever wonder where they are. And I want a part of the legacy of my life to be showing up well for people like them. I have a daughter right this second who has in her father someone who is going to model deciding to show up well for my life because I know that my desire for a good life, my desire for the best year ever in 2020 will not change even when hard circumstances, short-term things, headwinds come to me. It's going to happen and I am still going to get up, go move my body, drink my dang water, do my gratitude, spend time in my devotional. I have to stay focused because my desire for a great life is not going to change regardless of what short-term circumstances introduce themselves in 2020. Come at me, bro. You're going to have to make that choice too. You are going to have to make that choice too. Persistence, man, it's the main ingredient in deciding to continue even on the days when the Doppler 3000 tells you that there are storm clouds rolling in. Bring those clouds to me. Bring them. Let's go. I'm about to show you how fast I can run in rain. Bring them my way. Because part of what I've come to appreciate, again, against everything I had wiring-wise, is that the, 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 the headwinds, they're training. It, it, like, if you're a professional athlete, you go, like, train for the Olympics in Denver. Why do you do that? You go train for the Olympics because the air's thin. Because it's hard to run and catch your breath. So that when you come back down to sea level, you have trained at altitude and you're ready to go. Man, if I see some clouds, if I see some wind, I'm like, you know what? You think, you think some wind? You think some wind is going to hold me back? The wind is helping me train better. It's building a set of muscles so that when the wind stops, I can run faster. Come on now. Why are we yell talking? It's Tuesday morning. Oh, Dave, take a breath. Take a breath, Dave. You're making your neck muscles pop out. It's just cartilage. I don't have to see the doctor. Don't worry. I'm just yell talking because I'm excited about this. I'm going to have the best year of my life in 2020. And I'm going to have to do it against the backdrop 
of choosing the things that come as a price of entry to have that come to pass, right? Committing to the habits, doing the things every single day that create for me a platform from which I can spring into a day and chase all of those things. Perseverance, this decision when things show up and deciding to get back up, deciding to keep on going, that's how I'm going to actually chase it on the days when things don't feel like they are going my way. Things are not going to go your way. That's uh, not an indictment on you. That is a sign of your humanity. Congratulations. You are one of us. All of us. Every single person who is listening to this will inevitably struggle. I, I struggle two or three times an hour, and I have to decide to find a way through that struggle, and you're going to have to find that way too, right? It's Tuesday. It's the first Tuesday of the rest of your life. Uh, why don't we, you know what, why don't we uh, do a little Q&A? Why don't we finish with a little Q&A? We did not have a Q&A yesterday. I do think that uh, Ray Ray Hollis is going to be back tomorrow because she's going to get some rest today. And then we're going to uh, be back here and have ourselves a Start Today Morning Show where Rachel Hollis and I are sitting here in this room together. I'm here for it, man. I am ready. Are there any questions? Are there any questions at 8.28 a.m. Central Time? There are no questions. See, I've answered every single question. This is amazing. Thank you. My work here is done. Uh, uh, Let's see. Do you all stay home when the kiddos are sick? Uh, It depends on how sick. It depends on how sick. Uh, We have an amazing, we've talked about it before, we have an amazing uh, person named Angie who is here with these kids so that we can go do our work during the day. And she's been amazing uh, and is great at taking care of sick humans. Uh, I love the energy. How do you stay on and this motivated all the time? I do not stay motivated all the time, but I've been talking about this concept a lot, this idea of if then, right? Uh, I have to really stay connected to what it will take like to have the life I suggest that I want, right? If I am interested in uh, having the energy to do six rise events, to do a 23 city book tour, to do uh, coaching for 12 months, to do like all the things that I'm gonna go do. If I wanna have the energy to do that well, then I gotta go out in the gym in the morning. Like if I choose to not go to the gym, then I have to change the way I think about what I am capable of doing. So it's really just like, it's math to me. And the thing that works well for me, like my if statements are, man, they're big. They're cuckoo, right? Like I've just told you, I am going to have the best year of my entire life in 2020. I'm 45 in 2020. I've had some great years. So like this decision to go have the best year of my life, that means that I am going to have to do some things that I've probably never done to have a year that I've never had. But like the, the, the math in my like practical, logical brain, it works well. I don't love working out. <laughs> I don't love eating foods that bless my body necessarily. I just, I, I, I just, I'm not wired that way. Rachel has some like very natural internal motivation and I don't, but I do understand this idea of if then, if I want to do the things I suggest that I want, that I know I'm capable of, that will make me proud when I am falling asleep and I am in the privacy of my own head, then I got to do that work. And it just like, it's just the way it goes. Uh, let's see any advice about financial planning for college students. Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine, 
uh, having student debt right now. I had student debt myself and it took a long time to pay it off. I would go to people who are professionals personally. Like Dave Ramsey has an unbelievable set of resources that are all about debt-free uh, approaches to becoming debt-free. So I would find somebody who has a like superpower in helping you uh, become debt-free and uh, that really specializes in financial planning. Uh, I have in a friend, David Bach, who has written a lot of really great books about how to approach money and specifically how to approach money if you're a woman. And so uh, if you are interested, he just wrote something called The Latte Factor. Uh, he, he's got a, a, just a ton of great books. He has 10 consecutive New York Times bestselling books. His name is David Bach. So you can't go wrong with, with him. Uh, but I'd go, I'd go to an expert. I always love going to an expert. Uh, somebody just wrote, Jesus loves you. That's real. I, I agree with that. Thank you very much for the reminder. Totally agree with that. Uh, how do you go about helping kids persevere? Uh, well, one of the ways is pushing them to do things that they will fail at. Uh, in the book, I talk about uh, encouraging my son to run for president of his class and, um, and, and doing so knowing that there was a likelihood that he would not win. And in not winning, he would learn to uh, like dust himself off, get back up, that you know the loss of a presidency doesn't in any way indict him as not being an awesome human being. And maybe in just like learning over and over and over the idea of trying things, not actually succeeding at them, and then learning because of having tried them that they're okay. Um, my my kids so, uh, forward today, unbelievable. Uh, it's it's like Christmas hat day at school, and he decides to not just put on a Christmas hat. He has a full matching plaid suit on. This kid and. You know, like there was this part of me that was like, oh man, should I, should I talk to him about, you know, like the way that kids might end up being when he rolls into school and someone's like, what are you doing? It's not like dress up like you're going to a Christmas party day. And I was like, no, I'm going to tell this kid to own that suit, to go in and crush. And here's the thing. I hope that there's a couple people that give him a little bit of grief because I'm hoping that he builds a resiliency that just brushes that off. Who cares? Literally, who cares? Um, you know, like, how do I, how do I try and like instill things in my kids? Like my exercise of doing tea time with Noah, obviously it's a thinly, thinly veiled attempt to teach people who are maybe resistant or skeptical to being taught really basic personal development concepts, really basic personal development concepts by teaching them to a two-year-old. But I am teaching her in real time. I am downloading software into my children every single day. And so uh, my sit sitting down and having a conversation with Noah over tea time or my encouraging Ford to wear a suit or pushing Jackson to run for president that he might lose the race for. Like I'm downloading software over and over and over. And, uh, you know, the hope is that it takes the biggest, the biggest way though, hear this, this is important. The biggest way that I'm teaching my kids to do anything is by modeling the things I'd hope for them to do as adults myself. Right. I am going to go out and make this year fantastic. Yeah. For me, 100% because I know that I can do things that I've never done before, that I can have a life that I suggest I deserve, but also I am going to go out and do this so that my kids 
believe that they can do literally anything they decide to go put their mind to. That they can have they can they can have gone through certain things that weren't as incredible, right? Like my story is going to be one of being great, making mistakes, becoming greater. And I want to model for them that you can be great, make mistakes, and come back better than ever. I'm going to show them that through the pursuit of the greatest year of my entire life. And then guess what? I'm going to raise the bar again in 21. Don't tell 2021. I don't want to scare 2021 just yet. Y'all, it's Tuesday. I hope that you are ready to have a fantastic day. I appreciate y'all spending a little bit of time this morning with me. Uh, Ray Ray Hollis and I are going to be back tomorrow. Uh, please join us. There's a new Rise podcast out today. You need to check that out. Uh, I was on Jen Hatmaker's podcast today. If you're interested, for the love, check that out. Uh, I hope everyone has a great day. Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. You might as well just choose to have a good day. Rachel and I will see you tomorrow on the Start Today Morning Show. Have a good day, y'all. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the Start Today Morning Show podcast. If you want to actually see the episodes, make sure you tune in in the morning every weekday, 8 a.m. Central on Facebook and Instagram on basically every channel we have. Our theme song is from Sarah Sunshine. Follow her at the Sarah Sunshine. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfouch and Kevin Westlake. With production help from Nicole Fisher. And I'd like to give special thanks to Hawk, the fish that will never die.